check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. On this episode, we'll break down the losses to Villanova and Providence, and we'll look ahead to the Georgetown and Butler games at the end of the week. Guys, a lot of snow this weekend, a lot of football. How was your weekends? Well, the football was great, so you really can't complain about that. Uh, I think it's probably been the best NFL playoffs we've had, I, I probably ever, to be honest. I mean, the last six games all were ended within three points. I think almost all of them ended, came down to the last drive. Uh, you really can't get much better than that. Uh, plus, we had a good amount of snow, which was nice. It was Saturday, so everyone's kind of off. It didn't really. I was luckily I wasn't. I didn't have to go anywhere, so that was good. Um, could watch the St. John's game at home in the snow. Yep, it was pretty much a Donner party all over again, <laughs> <laughs> minus the cannibalism and the plane crash. Yeah, well, not plane well, crash no. because Donner party wasn't a plane crash. No, you're thinking. Well, of, got, you're thinking of that. Uh, I'm thinking that soccer team. I'm watching that show. That's why. What show? Yellow Jackets. Oh yeah, is that is that a new show out? About yeah, them? it's a show on Showtime. It's about a girls' soccer team from New Jersey that plane, had their plane crash in in Canada. Oh, that's and a separate one too. That's a, like they're, they're, this is a fake show. I mean, it's not real. Oh, it's not a spinoff uh, of Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're already doing that. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but there, there's actually there's been multiple occurrences of teams flying internationally on planes and them crashing in mountains. And cannibalism has taken place on multiple occasions in the history of time. That's wild. Like, multiple occasions meaning, I, I believe, <laughs> two or three. Hmm. But that's that's still three times. <laughs> that's, that's still more than you, than you would hope for. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're a cannibal, then you're, then you're hoping for more. <laughs> I mean, it, you got to be pretty small. There's not a large group of cannibals who are, like, publicly out there, though. They're hey. more closeted. Quite a, maybe some closeted cannibals, but not... There's not, like... A, like there's like a weed party. You don't really see like a political like, hey, we're the cannibal party. Not yet. Give like, it a couple of years. I mean, Gain a little on, the inter- on the internet, anything goes, man. People, there's that's true. In the internet. I mean, that's people, absolutely true. Weirdos can fight each other. I mean, there's just the guy who played Lone Ranger, and that's pretty much the biggest uh, cannibal. The guy that played Lone Ranger is a cannibal. It's what's his name? It's, it's, uh, it's Arnie not, Hammer. Yeah, he's he's not. You don't know him from Lone Ranger though. He's which one call it? Who are you talking about? You're talking about the guy who tried to... You're talking about the actor, right? Yeah. Like the recent actor? Arnie Hammer. No, he's talking about the original Lone Ranger, Tim. Is that who you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the recent Lone Ranger. What's the his one name? with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't Lone Ranger... Arnie wasn't what? It? I never saw him. Isn't he the guy... Like isn't he the, the Winklevoss twin guy? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the same guy. Oh, okay. I just didn't realize he, he was... In, I didn't realize he was in the Lone Ranger. Does he have a brother? Or is that like CGI? Because I always thought he had a brother. Because he played the Winklevoss twins. Right, he couldn't play him by himself. I think what, is he I American think, Ashley Olsen? I think he did. I think he does have a brother. The it'd, be, it'd, it'd be a little funny to cast somebody who doesn't have a twin <laughs> and then just super, uh, not super implex him. But no, no, he CGI, doesn't. Man. He doesn't have a twin. How did they film that then? Wait a minute. Wait, I'm really, I'm. That, this is actually, I'm flabbergasted here. Mirror? No, they, they, they talk to each other. Yeah. They touched each other on the hand. Like maybe, a, maybe it's like a shoulders. stunt double. Maybe they found like no. a stunt double that looked well, so, like that. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, but so did Tom Hardy in that British film. What? The British film where he's like a mob guy, but his brother's got like a speech impediment, but it's him. I don't know. Has nobody seen this Tom Hardy film I'm talking about? I, absolutely yeah. not. 
I read an article about how Tom Hardy has ruined sound in all of movies. Sound? Yeah, because so Tom Hardy, because Tom Hardy has championed or not championed, but the way he acts is he he kind of he whispers like he 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 whispers like that. that He's very breathy and very and that has done well for him. So other actors have mimicked it, and the problem is with the sound. Because there, we also have increased cinematography, right? You have to, we have to, you have to, you're further away. You have to increase the microphone, which really picks up random shit. Uh, and so what happens is that's why you, you ever notice that now when you watch a movie, what you have to turn up the volume so loud you hear them talk, and then the sound effects are like, yeah, yeah. That's why, because of guys like Tom Hardy that talk really, really quiet, so they have to go, they can't, the sound guys can't get enough sound. Yeah, so they, so they boost up everything else, but then when the regular sound goes on, it's super loud. Huh. I was, I was actually a super interesting article. Yeah. It was very interesting. Because I always wonder that. Yeah, you're right. It's something, that's something, too, that, like, you don't really think about it. And then, like, somebody says to you, you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's probably definitely the reason and it's, why. And, it's like, also, you it's think about it, it's also a more recent development. It's not, because right. I remember when we were younger, like, that didn't happen. I, thought, I was thinking yeah. my hearing's going, which it probably is. But remember when we were younger, younger, and we used to watch silent films? Shit, he Tom. played them both. No. No, they, they took a different human being. And, and they, they CGI'd his face? No. <laughs> yeah. Guy, they, like, deep faked this him? This guy, Josh Pence. <laughs> he got... Uh, this guy, Josh Pence, is in other movies, though. Josh Pence? He's in Draft Day. He's in Batman. What? Is he a stunt? The skinny guy? No, no, no. He, uh, you know his Josh face. Josh Pence? He's the co- he plays Brian Drew in Draft Day. <laughs> this is, what, uh, this yeah, is a look. wild revelation. Really? Absolutely, I cannot believe that the Winklevoss twins is not is one person, and they it's just the Winklevoss singular, the, the, the Winklevoss, the Winklevoss. All right, all right, enough of this. No, I, I, that, I mean that that's just I, I can't. I, I the singular Winklevoss is just that I, I I'm baffled, baffled. Tim, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, with the snow, I got to take my daughter out sledding. She had a lot of fun. I decided to jump head first sledding, like I was a uh, 14 years old going down a hill made it to the bottom made a nice track for her to go on but then my shoulder felt like it was shot back like five inches so realized that my age again that was fun you should have just your what's my cgi you should have just cgi your face onto a 14 year old's body like the winklevoss (laughs) should have just josh pence that (laughs) poor josh pence (laughs) the guy i mean he was brian drew in draft day he had a good career i don't i don't know how do you how much money do you think he got paid to do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we're how, gonna find out how much did the guy that uh physically acted darth vader get <laughs> right yeah, not james yeah. earl jones and then inflate that other people have googled so, this by the way uh, yeah yeah what a wild do you I think, think do you think right the, here do you think the guy there's an article on forbes 10 years later josh penn i'm b- being the hidden lead in the social <laughs> network that's amazing do you think the other guy, who was the other guy? His main quote is, there's an interesting perspective you can have when you're faceless. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the other guy got paid like double because he had his face shown twice throughout the movie? That's a good question. I don't know. Probably not. So do you think they increased Josh Pence's pay because he didn't see his face? Or do you think they increased the other guy's pay because you saw his face double? Do you think that was the whole idea of uh, them saying Arnie Hammer was a... Um... A Campbell because they thought he ate the face <laughs> off him <laughs> and put his face on it. That's how it all started. It's like way. it's like face off, but just two people. <laughs> the, the director has since apologized. David Fincher apologized for apologized for replacing social network actor with Army Hammer's face. <laughs> oh, so he did, he probably it sounds like he didn't even know it was gonna happen. 
No, 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 no. He knew they were playing twins. He knew right, his face right, would get covered. Right, right, I guess right. he thought maybe his face would win out, but I, apparently can you, not. Can you imagine Came down to a going to the premiere? They're like, I'm in this movie. It's great. You see the final cut. <laughs> what the? What the? That's not me. You invite your mom to the premiere. She's like, where are you, honey? I'm right on the screen. <laughs> I'm right there. That's, That's not you. He's like, why do I have to wear a green screen cover on my face? <laughs> Did no he have reason. to wear a hood the whole time? Probably. A green no, it's probably one of those dots. You ever yeah, see the yeah, dots? Oh, dots. yeah, yeah. Although this, that movie was early on. They said it's groundbreaking technology for the time. Because yeah, probably like that movie came out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that movie came very, out before. It was very groundbreaking. Yeah, like, that movie was at least 10 years old. I had, to this wait, moment, wait, wait, to this day so, right now, so I had are, absolutely are, no idea that he was CGI'd on it. had no clue. I'm still before. So are that. you telling me that the movie about Facebook that has deep fakes on it all the time Started with the first real deep fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, 2010. Social Network. 2010. 12 wow. years ago. Wow. I was 14. All right. All right. That, that, let's, let's, let's move on. Nick, how was your weekend? It was good. Much like everybody else's. Had to deal with the snow. You know, shoveling is always a great time. Love living in the Northeast. Got to watch the football, which I didn't get to watch last week because I had a final. Um, it's great football, as Craig said. Other than that, I just, you know, took a little took a little weekend off. Did did a little me time, you know, a little mental health thing. Didn't do too much reading for law school, which kind of bit me in the in the buttocks. But we're here now, and I'm a little happier for it. That's good. Um, you know, I, I had a I was supposed to work, but then my game got canceled because of snow. Uh, so it was nice. It was nice to be able to stay home in the weekend instead and watch the football and do some other other stuff. Do some schoolwork. Do some uh, housework and. You know, watch some St. John's on Saturday. So you didn't want to go to Rhode Island and hang out with John Fanta? I, I mean, I would have loved to go to Rhode Island and and, and, and hang out with John Fanta, but I, I was supposed to go to Kingston, Rhode Island, which is not in Providence. and uh, It's Rhode Island. It's like 12 miles. It's only a half hour. But uh, <laughs> but no, you know, going to Providence would have been more fun. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Villanova game on Saturday. On an unfortunate 73-62 to loss. Montez Mathis led the way for St. John's with 14 points. Bad day for Julian Champagny and Posh Alexander. Julian had 9 points and 7 rebounds. Posh had only 7 points and 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Colin Gillespie led the way for all scorers with 17. Eric Dixon also had 15 points for the Wildcats. We won the rebound battle, 42-32. to Pretty good numbers there with a 10-point win in the rebound battle. Probably first time we've done that all year. Turnovers, they kept themselves low. It was 11-11, so not the number we wanted to drive up there. And, you know, I, th- I think part of that played into why, coming down the stretch, they they won the game. It was a tough day for us shooting-wise. Shot only 39% from the field, 19% from three. Those numbers, really killer. Now, Villanova had a crazy first half. They shot 63% from the field in the first half, 75% from three. So, you know, their, their first half numbers are pretty inflated because those numbers are just off the charts. And they, they did come back down to earth. They finished the game. They shot 43% from the field and 47% from three, which is still really high. But, you know, in that second half, we were able to, to get back into a reasonable stretch and, and could have made it more of a game if we had hit more of our shots. All right, let's go around. Tim, what was your main takeaway from the Villanova game? For the Villanova game, that four-and-a-half-minute time lapse where we gave up a 14 to nothing run, they made four threes, 
there was a TV timeout. There was a timeout by Anderson. But we just couldn't get anything working. Four and a half minutes of just failure and letting them hit threes. Really, that 14-0 run made that game. Yeah, we end up hitting those lulls all the time. Um, and, you know, that, that's a problem for us. And I get a team like Villanova, where sometimes Villanova gets all of a sudden, they're just, they can be overwhelming. It's like a, it's like, uh, you know, sharks on, in blood like and water. Hornets. Yeah, like it's all of a sudden they're just, it's like a waterfall, right? I mean, it happened, yeah. it used to happen with Golden State all the time, right? They talked about the Golden State, like two minutes, you could be down by five. And then all of a sudden you look back, you know, two minutes later, they hit a three, a stop, a three, a stop. And all of a sudden you look back and it's, uh, you're down by 15, and it's you know a minute and a half has elapsed. Yeah, I mean they had, they had so many threes that like like hand in their face, and we couldn't I, even stop. Yeah, them. I mean we didn't, we didn't even play terrible defense, and they were just they were just hitting threes that were covered. They did get a lot of open threes, but they, they hit a they bunch a that lot. they hit a bunch that were covered yeah. though. I mean sometimes we played good defense, and they would just bang the three anyway. It, it did certainly put us in too big of a hole for us to really ever dig out of. With with the way we were shooting on on Saturday, right? We did struggle. We struggled hard to shoot. Um, one area I want to talk about is our our free throws, uh, which has consistently been a problem uh, throughout the year. Uh, we were eight of seventeen from the line, which is you know forty seven percent, which is horrendous for free throws. Um, you know, you leave a lot, we left nine. You're leaving essentially nine points on the board and against a team like Villanova, who who's who's a really good team. You can't do that on the road. You can't leave those points on the table on the road. You need to fight for every point. Uh, and giving away freebies are, is brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, we lost by eleven. We missed nine of them. Right. I mean, you, you're not right. gonna you're not gonna make all nine of them, right? We can't sure. expect to make hundred percent of our free throws. But let's just say we expect to miss three. Right, and also, you know it, what I mean, yeah, and, also and then it ends a five point game. It's a yeah, totally different game. And the timeliness of it too. So you know, sometimes there were a couple of points where we would you know fight back, get it to like you know eleven, or we make a little little mini run, maybe try to get back into it. We get a foul, and we miss them. And, and you it, first of all it takes away momentum. Um, we don't get to set up our press. Uh, those are problems for us. And then all of a sudden, Villanova goes to the shots, and then all the momentum's gone, and then they dissipated it. Um, yeah, Coburn missed, I think it was two free throws during that 14-0 three. run. Uh, what, it, yes. he, he missed three total with Wheeler, Soriano, and Coburn, who are three excellent free throw shooters, the better of them being Soriano and Coburn. 0 for 6. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the problem. You can't expect that. Although, overall, I actually think, speaking of Soriano, uh, I think Soriano actually played pretty well. Um, he had 6 points. He was 3 of 5 from the field. He, you know, he, we got him the ball a couple times, and he was dominant. He threw out a couple big dunks that probably could have got fouled, but, you know, Villanova doesn't foul anybody. Um, they never get called for fouls. Let's not, let's not claim they don't foul anybody because they do. Right. But, well, you know, they do, but they don't get called. But regardless, uh, the, but I think... I think he's technically. I really think it's a matchup problem for Luno. They don't have anybody that can match him size wise, uh, so I think in the next matchup we should try to take advantage of that. I think we should. I know he played. He played a fair amount. I just think we didn't, you know, use him in the offense enough. I pound the ball into him, make them stop him, make him go back to the basket, make them throw somebody at him. It throws him off their game. You know. Yeah. The, the only person that, I mean, the only person that I mean, his matchup was um, Samuels. Who is he's a bigger guy. I mean, he's more. He's a, he's a strong guy. Uh, he's not a big guy. He's not like a big fat guy. But he's a big like muscular guy, and he throws bows underneath the whole time. If you watched, he's a dirty player in my opinion. I think Villanova always plays a little dirty, and they get away with it because, like you said, Greg, they they have the you know the belief 
in the referees from having Jared as a coach that, oh, no, no, Villanova never fouls. So, you know, they, they get away with a little bit extra because of that. Yeah, that's their identity. They're known as the team that never fouls. And what are we known as? Team that, well, we're the team that the referees hate. But yes, the team that always the team fouls. that always fouls. And it's funny when you look at the, the free throw numbers because it doesn't look that bad. It's, you know, we got 17 free throw opportunities and they got 24. But anybody who's played high school basketball knows. Well, they clean up. That at the end of the game, they clean up the fouls. They make it look pretty equal, generally. Here, they didn't even they didn't even clean it up at the end because the fouls were 20-20, and we still got less free throws than them. So they were calling fouls earlier that didn't result in free throw shots for us. All right, Nick, what's your main takeaway? So on a more positive note than my my previous two brethren, I my takeaway is that we never really gave up in this game. We didn't give up in this game. Um in the last six minutes, I don't exactly want to call it a run because they scored nine points, but we went on a 17 and nine, you know, scoring difference in the last six minutes. And we even ended with, I believe an eight Oh run. It was to end the actual game. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we did finish strong and we didn't give up. Those are absolutely true. You, you can't say yeah, that. We played, we played hard to the end. That's we, one thing that, you know, Anderson's teams, I mean, that's what we were sold on, you know, right. we'll, we'll start guarding them when they get off the bus. We don't really start that, but we guard them to like get on the bus to go. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's, sure. that's, that's absolutely true. I know we lost by 11, but that game was out of hand in the second half at some points. And to, to get it down to 11, I know it sounds weird to say, I thought was actually good because it showed that we didn't give up. It showed that, okay, we were down by 20 at one point, but we worked our way back and, and we made it a game at the end. You know, obviously they pulled away at the end with some free throws, but, you know, th- we had, we showed a lot of heart. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, th- this, this team uh, needs that going forward. And it was nice to cut into the lead rather than, you know, on the on the bottom score bug on ESPN or CBS Sports, whatever your, uh, you know, whatever your sport network may be that you watch. Uh, it's nice to see that we only lost by 11 and not by 20. That's true. My overall takeaway from this game is that, you know, losing to Villanova is not the ceiling falling in. I mean, it's a game we weren't supposed to win. They're 14 in the country. We were in the pavilion on campus at Villanova. We were coming off of a high in the win against Seton Hall. So we were like, you know what? We could steal this game. In retrospect, you know, it, it's a game we're supposed to lose. And obviously it would have been nice to win. It's always nice to win, particularly when you get a quad one opportunity like this. Uh, but losing to Villanova in the pavilion, it's never going to look bad for you. It's it's never going to hurt you. Uh, it, it just is, in the end of the day, it's a loss on your record. And, and you, you kind of just move on from it because overall the impact is is you know they're going to be a tournament team like they are they're a top 15 team they're, they're going to be you know they could finish in the top 10 team so they're the most dominant team in the big east since we split right exactly and and the other thing by is, far yeah. we, I mean, we've, not even close. we've beat them in, yeah. in pat we beat them last year we you know so like we're like oh we could get villanova where you know in retrospect you know this team is struggling so that's you know the hope was high but it's it's not the end of the world we move on and hope to to play for better days. Unfortunately, that didn't happen on Tuesday. Uh, matchup against Providence didn't go as well as we thought it should have. On Tuesday night, St. John's lost again, eighty-six to eighty-two, in a game that we could have won. This is unlike that Villanova game. This is a game where uh, you know one or two things go the right way, and and it's a different outcome. Take a look at the box score. Posh Alexander led all scorers with a career-high 29 points. Posh Alexander had a hell of a game. 12 assists. He made it, got a double-double kind of the hard way. You usually don't see assists and points. 
Also for the Johnnies in double figures, Aaron Wheeler had 16 points, and Dylan Adewusu had 10 points. Obviously not on that list is Julian Champagny. Only 8 points. That's his fourth game not in double digits. He snapped a 47-game streak of double-digit point games, and now since has gone four games without double digits. For the Friars, it was Jared Bynum leading the way with 19 points, and Nate Watson following along 16, and then they had the combo of Horclear and Durham, both with 14. This well, is this is a game that, you know, we we out-rebounded them again, 37 to 35, and overall we we shot pretty well. We we outshot them from percentage-wise, 49% for us, 45% from them. Wasn't great from three, 33%, and free throws was the killer. 36 percent from the free throw line is just disastrous and abysmal that's my main takeaway is the free throws we we don't go four for 11 and we we could win the game we literally have to make you're talking about a four point difference so you make four free throws which makes you eight for 11 by the way which is only 73 percent which is really good but not out of the realm of normal possibility and all of a sudden, we're tied. Also, not to mention, you make two more free throws, and it's a different game down the end. It's a very different game. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's terrible. We, we, we can't seem to shoot free throws. The, the, the basket doesn't move. You're standing still on the line. And, and a lot of these guys have been good free, good free throw shooters throughout their careers. Like, these are, it, it's not like these are all guys that should miss free throws. Like, th- these are guys that can make free throws. At this point, it's a mental thing that is, it, it, it contagious it across be. the team, and it is a problem. It's it's got to be. Uh, it's, it's either a mental game or it's something with the pipes in Karnaseka slash Tafner that they I don't know. There's some something in the water that I mean, it's always Saint John has know. always not been good. Even when I was a manager there, we would shoot literally at the end of every practice. Every player had to shoot a hundred free throws. Yeah, but last year and, we were good. Yeah, last I, I know, but like I guess okay. Last year is the one exception over the past decade. No, no, the we've two actually years Mike Anderson good. has been here. They, he, they've been good, good in getting better at free throws, which is why I think it's so weird to see us take a step back. The uh, first year, he, we weren't great at free throws. We were getting better, but we were, that doesn't mean we were good. At least we were average. We were, we were average. Yeah. Were we? We're averaging 60, 60, 60 high 60s. We're, we're in the we lower were, 60s right now. We were now. like mid-tier. Now we're, I mean, we're like. We're lucky if we get 60s now. We, I would probably, if, if, we, got, if we got 60%, we would have won this game. <laughs> just literally going to just say. like. By the way, we've only had one game in the past five games where we've been in 60%. The Seen Hall game that we won. Right. And I mean, like, if you look at the gap on the Big East stats, we're, we're the lowest team of free throws, clearly, but it's by a lot. It's not really that close. If I'm Mike Anderson, you got to take a day. A whole day. Here you go. It's we're a, shooting free throws. That only does so much good, though. It's a mental thing. Uh, part Well, part of the mental thing is it, it, just... What do you want him to do? Go rice style and throw of, balls at him? Airbud style, you know? Airbud can make the layup. Airbud can make the free throws. The angry, cr- angry clown? The ang- <laughs> no, listen. Remember, <laughs> he was an angry clown. No, I'm talking about... Tim talking about throwing balls at the kid in Airbud when the kid misses the free throws, the coach throw the balls, throws the balls at yes, him. And thing. The angry clown. Uh, it's not the angry clown who throws the balls at him, but... It, yes, that, it is. No, it's not. It's his father who throws the ball. The angry clown is separate, but... The, oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. That's my bad. The movie. That's my bad. No, I'm not, about, I'm not talking about physically assaulting these guys, but what I'm saying is... <laughs> You need to. They need to. They need to shoot out of the mental problem. So the answer is yeah. It, is it not gonna go so far? Yeah, because if I'm shooting a thousand free throws in a day, I'm gonna hate it. 
But I hate it. But you know what? I might break my mental block of it. The best, or, or you might get into a worse mental block. But we can't get any worse. Yeah, yeah, Wheeler, we can't, we're four yeah. for eleven. Although Wheeler we can't, can't get any worse. Wheeler, By all means, I'll take it. If if it's gonna lower our percentage, I, I, blame me. But there's no <laughs> way that happens. You can't get worse than this. Wheeler said they to be honest. He said we've been, we've make we've been making free throws in practice like all the time. We make a ton of free throws in practice. They're not making enough. We gotta we gotta talk to Rudd and we gotta talk to Gabe and see what the. Uh, See what they say? The, the practice but, numbers I, I, are. You know what we used to keep them I, I when would, I was a manager. I would have them do the St. John special, baby. Just oh, absolutely. don't take the St. John special one step inside the three-point line. That's the St. John <laughs> special. That's where we should be shooting free throws from. Absolutely. Everybody should t- stand in the back of the circle. No reason to stand at the line. We're not good from there. Why the hell are we standing there? Clearly. Take Go to the back. Go to the left. Go to the right. Go wherever the heck you want inside the, inside the half circle. But don't do it at the front of the line because we can't shoot well from there. We should literally be, at this point be trying anything. Because if we could shoot better free throws, we'd be in these games. Well, one of the things you can really notice in the past five games, our free throw percentage has been low. But who's not shooting free throws anymore as often? Julian. Yeah, that's a very Julian good point. is usually, him and Posh are two most active on the free throw line. Posh shoots around 72 to 75%. That's great still yeah. for him. Julian shoots low 80s. Also, we take out four or five free throw attempts from Julian. Yeah, that our numbers automatically plummet. It, I mean, yeah, that that's true. It, I mean, it does hurt not having Julian at the line, but Posh isn't making them. I mean, he went three for four on Tuesday, but no, Posh has been fine. No, yeah. after Posh had that really bad game, where yeah, I, I guess, think he was I guess like he's one for back. four or one for five. He had another one right after that was like eight for ten. And I mean, I, come back. I think Julian Champagne bringing our team down as a whole hurts us but but you know what it's free throws man it's free throws we gotta make them it doesn't matter who's at the line some of these guys Tyree Coburn should not be missing free throws the man can shoot three pointers yes well very well he should be making free throws Aaron Wheeler's banging shot he's playing fantastically right now he should be making free throws 0 for 1 from the line yes on Tuesday well Wheeler's I think around like 62 percent the person who I think really should be making a lot more free throws is Wusu Wusu has a very, very soft touch to his free throws. It's so nice and soft that it should get bounces, but every time it just rolls out. Well, Wusu had a good game against Providence. He had been struggling, though, so that may be part of it. Tim, what's your main takeaway from the game? My main take is really Julian. His first two shots, the first one, he nailed it. Crowd was behind him. Big crowd at this game, too. Can't yeah, big, forget that. Big shout-out on the crowd. It was loud. Biggest it was crowd of the season. It was packed. It was a great environment. It really was. There was a Chick-fil-A cow. <laughs> Dylan was all about that, probably. <laughs> and and he, at least it was hot this time, because yep. it was not from Saturday. <laughs> One a day old. But after that, he has a three that rims out. It was almost in. It, it was a nice shot. It was a normal Julian shot that we think is going to land. Then he goes out for what felt like forever, but it was probably, what, like six minutes or so. He took... Which is forever. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, CBS Sports decided not to show the contact of what happened to his face, but apparently he got a, sp- a nice split down by his eyebrow, had to go in and get stitches, came back in, just wasn't, it like it just, like I guess it killed all momentum that he had, and he had a pull-up mid-range that he's deadly with, missed that. Uh, I think he missed another three. I think the air ball three this time, too. He did. Well, he was 0 for 4. So I mean, he yeah. certainly didn't make one. The tough part was, like you said, 
after he came back with with the eye after the eye, you know, he got some shots. I mean, he got some open shots. And you know, in games past, he's been struggling to get a shot, and we haven't really ran that many things. And it's not like we ran a ton of things the other day, but we did. He did get open on a couple screens, and he had some some open shots that Julian Champagne makes like all the time, uh, and he didn't make them. And, you know, I've been pretty like I think he'll get back. And I, st- I still think he gets back because it's it's impossible to imagine that his shot would just go away. It's the most St. John's thing dark in the cloud, history. St. John's dark most cloud. Most St. John's thing down. that ever could happen. Kid who's gonna be is an All American. Could be could be an All American. Could be biggest player of the year. Could be. It could have been on the names. Should, Smith watch should be well, on the names. Watch. And he could be. He could still could be. He's actually, still a dark cloud. He still could be. He still could be. The dark All cloud that sits over St. John's never goes away. I mean, but, like he, and he, he, loses, he can't pull an keel. But my point is, all of a sudden, he just, in the middle of the season, his most important season, he just. The shot just goes away. Like, what did we do to the basketball gods to deserve things like this? What did he do to the basketball gods to deserve things like this? He's a good kid. He, yeah. he shoots well. He works out. We found out last week he was in the gym all the time. What yeah. did he do wrong? He didn't maybe, deserve this. Maybe it's the lack of emotion. The uh, basketball gods just aren't. It's, they're mad at him that he doesn't get juiced up. The basketball gods. He does get juiced up, though. The basketball gods just don't like Rare, Few and far between. No, he doesn't get fired up. I, but I, I, the, the, the basketball gods are just not in folders. What does he do when he bangs a three? Three of the head. So one, three, one three point. Most he does. Times. You never seen him. You never seen him at half court. He does. He does, he does this all the time. He does it all the time. You don't watch him close enough, my friend. I guess, but I. There, there, I've seen him a lot of times. Hold on. Hold on. Put his head down and just go. Because you know why? If don't 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 make it into some like he's doing a big show like. No, I didn't say he makes a big show, but also when you score 20. 20 points a game generally every pass you make doesn't isn't cause for celebration. D'Angelo Harrison scored 20 points a game and he was hyped after the baskets he made almost every basket he made enough so that he A impacted the crowd and B impacted 100%. the team. Yeah. Listen, it's not Julian Champagne's style. I understand that. He celebrates minimally on the court and then looks but, sad. But he doesn't build it. And listen, it's not him. I'm I'm not, I'm not saying this he has to, but I'm just I'm just pointing out he he's not a fiery guy. Uh and and you know, so but he seemingly has dragged the team down with him yeah. by not playing well. The morale seems well, of down. Course. I mean, he's I our mean, best player. He's our so, best player. He's going to drag well, the team down. Obviously, he's going to drag the team down. But but I, we, 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 we can't seem to get out of this rut completely, despite the fact that we've got guys out there who are having good games. We won't get out of the rut completely without Julian Schindler. That is very true. One thing that worries me about Julian not scoring in this game in particular is he's at Carneseca. He practices there every. I mean, he practices in Tafner almost every day. But he, he can shoot in Carnesec anytime he wants. We weren't at Madison Square Garden like we were against Seton Hall. We weren't at Walsh Gym. We weren't at the Pavilion. We were at our home court, at our real home court in Carnesec that he can walk onto at any given moment he wants to. He he should be lights out here always. He can you know you're obviously you're allowed to have a game every now and then, but you're not allowed to have a fourth bad game at your home stadium when we need you. To come back, this was a four-point loss, four and eleven from the field, zero for four from three. Yeah, that's you're right. You know, he, what I mean? he can't be shooting like that at home. At home, saying. you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta at least make half of your shots. I know. I but I look. No one feels worse about. It, I'm sure than than Julian Champagne. I mean, you can uh, see. Yeah, you can see. Uh, Anderson for sure. was drawing up some backdoor cuts to try to just have him see the ba- ball go through the baskets. So, I think he had two nice cuts for layups. And it just it didn't create the positive effect he, that he, he was hoping. He just needs to gain his confidence back. And I don't, I don't, I love, I love Julian Champagne. I, I love watching him. He's one of the most exciting players in a while. Uh, I mean, there, there's, I mean, he, he's in a list of people that are very exciting. 
Uh, he can take over a game. He, and he still he still can. He absolutely well, can. And we, I, we, I'm, not, we, I'm not trying to you know bash him or anything, but I, he's our best player. He's he, he's he needs to be our we, best. We, player. we need him to get out of the rut. If if we're we going to be do. a legitimate NCAA contender, like we still hope to be, one we got to turn everything around today, and it needs to start with Julian. Starts at the top. All right. So my takeaway to get off of Julian a little bit. Let's get on our other guy. Posh Alexander had a fantastic game. The only, not the only one, because Wheeler also had a great game. But I mean, Posh, tw- I mean, 29 points. Career high points. Career high points, 12 assists. And he was all over the court. He was the only, not the only, he was, he was a, a the biggest reason why we lost by four. Yeah, I mean, Posh Alexander was spectacular. The best game he's he probably played as a member of the Red Storm. Um, and he was 100% all over the court. He was scoring. He could score at will. It looked like he, he was, I mean, Posh Alexander was, was he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was phenomenal on Tuesday. He, could, he couldn't play. I mean, I mean, theoretically, he could have played a better game because he could have made all the shots. But you can't ask Close. any more. I mean, I mean yeah. 13 for 20 is pretty it's good. It's pretty good. I know. He, you, didn't, he didn't make a three-pointer, though. I guess there's there's your one negative. Yeah, right. But, no, nah, I mean, he, he, you can't ask for that. He played out of his mind. And, and, you know, it, it sucks because it, it kind of went to waste, right? We lost the game where he played so well. And we were right there. I mean, it's four-point loss. Two balls go our way. Two calls go our way. And all of a sudden, there we go. We, we, you know, we walk away with a victory instead of a loss. I, you know, I, he couldn't do any more that to, to, to help the team win, though. I mean, he, he went out there and, and just played like a maniac. Played Did defensively, he was great. Played offensively, he was great. Assists, 12 assists. I mean, he all around just phenomenal. Just posh doing posh things. He was just yeah, no posh was unbelievable. All right, Craig, what's your main takeaway of this game? So my main takeaway is it really comes down for us, and this is I feel like it's been our problem for St. John's for, for forever, is that we do we can't do the little things right, and that's why we end up losing close games like this. We we lose close games because we don't do little things. They could be free throws we miss. Um, they. You know, the in the last six seconds of the first half, which was might have been the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my literally my entire life. Um, it, you know, it, it looked like we were going to be down ten. We get the ball back. Oh, okay, maybe we, we score. Cut it to six. Okay, great, cool. They hold the ball. Wusu makes a great play, knocks it away, bets a breakaway, gets flagrantly fouled, which he absolutely did. Like I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna make two. We get it. To, we get it to. We get it to four, and, and you know we could be right here. Of course, he doesn't make both of them. He makes one of two. Okay, uh, so it's you know it. And then we turn, and then you turn it over. And then he goes in. He th- try. We try to throw it in bounds. He gets kicked away, and there's only six seconds. We should have the ball. We just dribble out. We'd be okay. No, instead we try to throw it in the middle of eight guys, which didn't work the first time. It gets stolen. We go the other way, and then we foul three point shooter. Which that is also classic St. John's, um, and, and all of a sudden uh, a game that should be at least a five point game is now an eight point game, and all of a sudden you know it, that's a huge it's a huge swing of momentum. We took we had taken all the momentum. We were going to have heavy momentum if we just dribbled out the clock. Secondary, uh, secondarily, we just you gave them free points. So like things like that are why you lose close games. That and then at the end of the game, after we took after we took the seventy four seventy two lead. Which was great. We then had three straight empty possessions. Posh throws yeah. it to Julian. Julian's trying to make a cut. You know they miscommunicate. Ball is understandable. Has, has, things like that happen, but 
At the end of game, everything's magnified. It also happened three times in a row, right? It happened like, then. That's, that's why it's a killer. Yeah. And then Posh makes a... Wheeler's making a good cut. Posh made a good pass. It was a little off. It hit off the back, out of bounds, turnover. Then you get the the moving pick violation, which... It was it, not a moving pick. Which is not a moving pick, which is was annoying. Is a straight reason. Because if you look at... If they want to call it that, they, then I want him to call I moving mean, picks it, on every, it, it, on it, every it, play. It just wasn't. I mean, you, you, you looked, and Nywee's feet were set. And, and you know... It, it was killer. I mean, it, that, that was a killer call because it really, it was the wrong call. And, and it, again, made it three straight possessions that were empty. I mean, and, and, and then Bynum goes on and hits both of his free throws. Well, he was four for four at the end. The, he had ice. He had ice. Bynum, Bynum killed us. Speaking of Bynum specifically. So Bynum averages about, about 10, nine and a half, 10 points a game. Against St. John's, he averaged 18. In the two games against St. John's, they were eighteen. Guy's a killer. He, last night there were three times when Bynum, with as time expired on the shot clock, just hoisted up a three, and they all three of them went in. That is, uh, first of all, it's, it's ridiculous, and secondarily, it's a killer in a four point game. That's nine points, especially when it was oh, seventy four three pointers, four for five from the three point line. Yeah, I mean, with the the critical one was we took the lead of seventy four seventy two right at the end of the game. We go down. All right, we've got to get a stop here. We got to get a stop here. We got to stop here. Bynum is literally almost standing out of bounds at the half court line, and this guy just pulls up, and it goes in. It was a terrible shot, and it went in. And now we're playing for behind. Now we're 74, 75, 74, and now we have to play through being behind. And and we struggle with that. And to Providence, Providence's credit, they do the little things right. They didn't miss a free throw throughout the whole last minute of the game. Yeah, and they shot yeah. they shot eighty one percent from the line and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 20, I mean twenty seven of thirty three, and down the stretch they didn't miss one. Look, we talked about their luck thing. Yeah, um, that's, you, that's part of it. But you know what? It, but it's not luck. It's that they do the little things right, and good teams, wow. good team, no, good teams find a way to win, and they find ways to win every way. They, look, I don't like 33, Ed Clay. 33 free throws to 11 free throws. A little lucky. A little lucky to me, but yeah. yeah. A lot of those were at the end. 33 that's, to that's... 11? 33 to 11. That's three times as many. Yeah, I, I don't, this game was not lost, I don't think, because they had too many free throws. Uh, he went five for five from the free throw line. They made eighty-one percent of them. Uh, I would say that they're directly lost because we fouled them too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know that the referees. I don't know the game. I don't, I don't, the referees were the reason we lost no, this no, game. I, I, I don't I, think that's I don't, fair. I don't. I don't I, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think we did foul them too much. We put them too much at the line. Oh, that's fair. I, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, that's, yeah. Listen, I, I wasn't. I wasn't harping on the rest. What I was. What I was saying was we put ourselves in too many situations where we gave them too many free points. Thirty-three free throws is a lot of free throws. That's too many opportunities to give the other team to get points. Yeah. And they took advantage of it. 27 points. You talked about them doing the little things right. That's what they did. Yeah, no, 100%. We put You're them right. in the place where they could succeed through that way, yeah. and, they, and they did. And they find ways to win. Look, there's a reason they're first in the conference right now. They, they find ways to win, and, and unfortunately for us right now, we don't, we don't do those little things, which is a negative point, but unfortunately, that's how I'm feeling. All right. Well, we'll have to move on after those two losses and look for a win tonight against Georgetown. Georgetown... Coming in, we go from the best team in the conference to the worst team in the conference with the Georgetown Hoyas coming in 0-8 on the season in conference play, 6-13 and overall, good enough for 198th in the net rankings. Not exactly the team that won the Big East tournament last year. Uh, they're on a nine-game losing streak. They have not won a game since December 15th. They've lost every Big East game, and they've lost the TCU right before conference play. Amina Muhammad leads the team in points and rebounds, so he's their main guy to look out for. Dante Harris, though, who led Georgetown last year to that Big East title, leads the team in assists. 
So he he's certainly a part of that part of that he's certainly a large part of that offense. Last meeting in Madison Square Garden, big victory, eighty eight to sixty nine for the Johnnies. Best performance of the year for the Johnnies. Julian Champagny led the way with twenty five points. St. John's caused twenty one turnovers. For Georgetown, it was plus 11 on the turnover margin, which was just spectacular. Aminu Muhammad was the best player for them with 13 points and 12 rebounds. Last, Probably the last good free throw game we had against Georgetown. Just kidding. Seeing how we we shot well, too. But 21 of 29 from the free throw line. Let's hope we get back to that and get off this slide we've been having. Guys, uh, obviously, you know, this is a game we have to win now. After these past two losses, this is a must-win game. It's in Washington, D.C., uh, hopefully, you know, we, we got a good night's sleep after a quick turnaround Tuesday, Thursday game. Got to come away with a victory, guys. What are your keys to the game here, Craig? I think my key to the game is is Julian Champagne getting back on track. Georgetown's a good team for him to get back on track against. He, he was dominant against them against in Madison Square Garden. Um, and this would be a great spot for him to get a little, you know, get a little confidence back. Have a good night and let's get back on the run. All right, Nick, what's your key to the game? My key to the game is just Amino Muhammad. Um, I have to bring this up. We were talking about this before the podcast a little bit. I know you're going to do this. Um, Amino Muhammad, which you guys forgot to mention after your stellar, uh, during your stellar Georgetown breakdown last time, Amino Muhammad uh, was the biggest. Didn't change the fact. We won by 19. Mute his mic. Good. Mute his mic. Thank God. Uh, it didn't change the fact. Can't hear you what? <laughs> I can't hear what? Maybe I'll have to go over there and talk over here. I can't hear what? <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was the Big East uh, preseason rookie of the year. Uh, he's I've seen him on draft boards actually up to 23 going first in the first round. In the, yeah, 23 in the first round. And actually, Julian Champagny snuck on the list at 59th, which is the second to last pick in the draft. Well, Hopefully he doesn't uh, uh, well, continue on the trend because he's he not going to be on there If he keeps shooting the way he's shooting, he ain't getting picked this year. So. But, yeah, no, definitely Aminu Muhammad is – I mean – not to be whatever, but Georgetown isn't good this year. Aminu Muhammad is their 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 He had a double double against this last time. Yeah, he had thirteen points and twelve rebounds, and he was one of very few guys other than you know Rice and Harris who had a good game against us. You know, what I mean, he he's the guy. So shutting him down, it's certainly going to have to be 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 us for it. Tim, what's your key to the game? We have to win the turnover battle. That's yeah. it. We've had back-to-back games, one where we tied in turnovers, created. Then the Providence game, I think we had one less than Providence had forced on us. Mm -hmm. We have to go back to having the difference, probably like six or seven turnovers. We need to get back into that moment where we're the team that causes the turnovers and we score off them. Yeah, I mean, this is a game we could do that, too. I mean, plus 11 on the turnover margins the last time. We turned them over 21 times. Yeah. So it, it, that certainly would be great for to see for us again. And, and we had 13 steals. We not did. just not just turnovers. No, I mean, the game was the last time was good was a great game. Hopefully we can use this one as a springboard. I mean, we, we could use it. Half. We could certainly lose it. And it's a must-win. I mean, it's a must-win game. Cause oh, it, we can it, absolutely it, not lose this it, game. It, if, if we lose this game, it's it, the NIT hopes are, are as high as we can go. But it, it, it's a must-win, and hopefully it propels us going forward. Uh, fortunately, we won't have that much time to wait around again, as right after this Thursday game, we get a day off, back on it. Saturday game against Butler, noon on Fox Sports 1. Butler also not too great on the net rankings, 127 coming in. They've had a bit of a rough year, 4-7 and seven in conference. 
11 and 11 on the year. They're just ahead of us, actually, uh, in the conference rankings as we come in at ninth and Butler is eighth. This is going to be our first matchup against them. The original first matchup was canceled due to COVID, so we haven't played them yet this year. They're coming off of uh, two, winning two out of three of the last games. They beat Georgetown. They beat Creighton, surprisingly, pretty big, but they just lost to Xavier. Chuck Harris leads the team with 10.6 points per game. Bryce Nezzi leads the team in rebounding with 5.9 per game. So those are the two guys you really have to watch out for. In terms of the turnover battle, they average 12.5 turnovers per game, and they average turning their opponent over. 12.2 points per game, so it's it's actually a negative less than one uh, percentage on their turnover margins, which that's a good number for us. We, we can hopefully turn that number up pretty big in terms of turnovers, and, and you know, like Tim said, it, against Georgetown, hopefully build off that, that turnover, a good turnover game. In terms of rebounding, looking at this team, they average about 32 rebounds per game, and you know, that's somewhere we've done well in these past few games, despite the losses in Villanova and in Providence. That we, puts them as the worst rebounding team in the Big East. Right, and, and we were competitive in these past two games, so that's, that's really somewhere that I think we could we could exploit them, turnovers and rebounds, and, and really give ourselves the chance for victory here. So, I mean, Butler, like, rebounding, they struggle in a lot of categories. I mean, they're having, they're having a really They're not tough, having a great year. They're not having a good year. Uh, they are only a 31% three-point shooting team, which is good for 10th in the conference. Um they uh they're 11th in field goal percentage um and like i said they don't rebound real well um so you know all those things are not good they're you know ninth in free throw percentage so there's not a lot that you like when you look at butler's profile speaking of statistics while i was looking for things to talk about for butler because as you just mentioned they're not very good uh i came across a very interesting stat butler this season averages 62 points a game they give up 64 points a game hmm. they average negative two they average a loss every wow. single game and not, not only yeah, do they that average makes sense a, they're 500 on the season i, I wonder mean, if yeah. that is i wonder if that's like uh well like what's ours what, uh, what's our like what is our our margin hours, like ours, i don't i don't know it's right? a point okay. margin per, i'm not happy you so we score 79 points a game and we give up 74 points so we're you know, we we're plus, plus five. five on the we're minus. Margin. They're minus two, and we're That's plus five. We're the highest scoring team in the Big East, right? Too. So we probably have. A, what I'm saying is, we probably have a pretty solid margin. Yeah. Just to go back on one of their on a couple more of their stats, they are tied for 390th in the country in rebounds per game at 32, and they are in 382nd in assists with 11. Yeah. So, so to our are, points, they ain't good. We got a lot of we got a lot of opportunity here to 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 get a win. The, the only, these next two games are going to be huge. First of all, these are two absolute uh, must, must win games. Must we wins. cannot lose either game. They're must win by 10 plus. I mean, it doesn't we have to win them. The other the only thing that is the only thing that's a little worrisome, you know where the game's at. It's Hinkle. Mm. And we have struggled at we Hinkle. We've struggled immensely. Even when Butler's not great, we still struggle at Hinkle. So, it's really a house of horrors for us. We we gotta yeah. we, we gotta win. This is not. Well, a I mean, game it's, it's a must win. So the hope is hopefully we can shake that off here and going forward we can we can prevent Hinkle from being the house of horror it's been because it it, it has been abysmal down there. When was the last time we won at Hinkle? Was it, I think it was like 2016. That would be 2014, Nick, when you were a manager. Oh yeah, a fond memory <laughs> in Nick Coughlin's life. Core memory, actually. No, actually, that wasn't when I was a manager. That was the 13-14 season. I didn't start till 14, 15 season. No. Oh. So you did that just to make me look like a fool. Yep. You got me. 
You got me there. Got I got, this is what got you, him. This is what you get from muting my mic earlier. I'll do it again. Mm. I'll do it again. Well, anyway, Hinkle, Hinkle, anyway, no bueno. So hopefully it's, it's very bueno on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it's back to back must win games Thursday, Saturday. Let's hope the Johnny's can come away with some victories we need and to. turn this season around. We also have a, another big matchup Tuesday at home, Madison Square Garden, eight thirty p.m. Fox Sports One against Villanova. So hopefully we'll be able to turn around the things we talked about earlier in the episode and come out with a victory then. All right, that'll do it for the show. For Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Let's go, Johnnies. Keep chasing.